Oppo and Xiaomi show off their under-display selfie cameras. This has been the most requested story for me, like probably since this show started, possibly. My Twitter was filled up with this. Everybody was sending me this. This is how uh, perfect this implementation is. This is, I mean, everyone seems to agree. This is like, this is what it should have been from day one for whatever reason. It's been a hard thing to engineer. Of course, I'm talking about this camera being hidden under the display component of your smartphone. No notch, no pop-up, no motor, no nothing. Just all screen and selfie camera. Now, granted, our exposure here is very limited. We have this one tweet from Xiaomi. We have a, a tweet as well. Not a tweet. I think it originally showed up on Weibo. But anyway, a social media post from Oppo also at the, at the exact same moment because you know how that works in the smartphone game. It's like who can showcase it first. So they've got their very own under display camera. They showed it off working. But we have these like limited clips and we don't know to what degree they've been manipulated. I'm not suggesting they're not real. I'm just saying were they produced in a perfect circumstance? Who really knows? But anyhow, I think it's happening for real finally. It's the dream scenario in which you don't need to, to notice the existence of the front-facing camera when you're not using it. And it doesn't have to rely on any kind of moving parts. It can sit under the display and then only function or operate without ruining any piece of the display. So if you if you look at Oppo's implementation here, the screen portion shifts down a little bit and it reveals a black area, a black region, and then it, it draws a kind of LED circle around the location of the front-facing camera. So I guess it just turns off the display in that section temporarily. This, I mean, this is perfect. This is perfectly fine. Now, strangely enough, in the other implementation that you were showcasing from Xiaomi, I don't think that even happens, right? When you scroll forward, or let's see here. When they pop open the selfie camera in this case, does it even have to create a... Oh, it just, by default, when you open a selfie camera, there's a black strip along the top. Who cares? This is fine. This is You can't even complain about this. When you're framing up your front-facing image, generally speaking, you have UI elements up along the top and bottom anyways. It really doesn't affect the experience at all. But of course, you get to skip out on any type of notch prior to that. Now, funny enough, in Oppo's demonstration, they're showcasing their no-notch under-display front-facing camera against the teardrop notch from the previous Oppo devices and, of course, previous OnePlus devices as well. What does this mean? Well, in Oppo's case... Or sorry, that's the that's the Xiaomi implementation. Xiaomi is showcasing it against the teardrop design. Anyhow, what does this mean for, for all brands and manufacturers? Well, in Xiaomi's case, there's a number of sub-brands underneath them. So this implementation could be relatively far-reaching fairly rapidly in their case. Oppo, the same thing, right? As we've seen in the past, Oppo, Vivo, OnePlus scenario, you see this type of innovation happen and then it trickles down into all those sub-brands as well. There's no, uh, they didn't seem to indicate in the social media posts what the timeline is for something like this. But usually when you're showing it off in, uh, in even a prototype product, it's, it's relatively close to release. So we can, Will, you know what we can do? We can basically put the notch conversation to bed. Like it just makes our lives so much easier now. Mm-hmm.
We don't have to complain. We don't have to talk about notch shapes and designs. We can just, screens are screens. Cameras, you don't even notice them. They're just there. Now, granted, it is important to note here that this is just an optical sensor. This is a, this is a, a camera, essentially, underneath the display. We, we don't know, and I'd be surprised. I don't expect there to be all the fancy IR technology under there. The, the beam projection stuff that, like, say, Apple is using in their Face ID. So when it comes to face unlock, you can expect a less secure optical style unlock in this implementation. I'm speculating, of course. So if you're one of these people that wants the absolute most secure type of face unlock, you're probably still in notch land for the time being. Unless, of course, they're working on getting those sensors under the display as well. Though, for some reason, again, full speculation here. I'm guessing that that might be even more difficult to do in a seamless fashion like this. But I think this is going to move customers away from the most secure style of face unlock anyway, just because of how uh, wonderful the user experience is going to be not having a notch. When people see this, use this, like invisible tech is ultimate tech. When you don't even see it, it's just working for you, not bothering you. It's really compelling. So, again, we don't have a date, but we have two different manufacturers showing this off on social media at the same time. One of them must have caught wind. The other thing was going down. Right. And they're like, get in the lab, get the video out. Now, to me, the Xiaomi video looks a little more polished. Mm -hmm. So something tells me, like, like, you watch this video? This ain't casual. It's made to look casual. Right. But it ain't, like, the girl... And then if you watch, like, at the very end there, you see the dude standing behind, like, oh, he's filming, but then it's a quickly cut. Mm, like, there's something going on. They're playing with us in some way. Yeah. We're getting played with. This is a really good proof of concept. And uh, in terms of presentation, do you rather prefer it to be in, like, a big launch and then they surprise us with it? Or do you like this kind of, like, guerrilla style? Let's just... Well, we talked about this previously, how... The launches, everything's leaking beforehand. Exactly, yeah. And and nothing is a surprise anymore. So why not, man? Just put it out there. Leak it yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, why even sit around and wait? Uh, of course, traditionally, that wasn't the case. Apple would never do something like this. Right? No. Samsung probably wouldn't even do something like this. But now these new brands, they're scrappy. They're clawing at market share. They're like, let's just show everyone how far ahead we are. Even if it's just like this. Now, granted, Will, we got to be clear here. Like, this is just a short clip. We don't know how real, how far. Like, I'm just reading right now in this post that the Xiaomi clip came out after the Oppo clip. So did they have that baby ready to go? And the underscreen camera was added to a Mi 9 prototype. So I, you know what? Who knows? There's all kinds of funny business in this game. We can't say for certain. But I do believe that we're going to see commercially available products very soon with this technology baked in from both of these brands, their sub brands, and it's more pressure to the smartphone marketplace now because you still have that little bit of the conversation with devices like the new OnePlus device, which is like, oh, I'm kind of a little bit worried about this motorized camera, front-facing camera. And then, of course, for face unlock as well. Face unlock has got to pop up, go down. How comfortable is everyone with that? The motor always seemed like a stopgap. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying it's busted. I'm just saying it always seemed like a stopgap to the eventuality of 
the in-display, under-screen type of front-facing camera. That just seems like the superior implementation, if possible. I remember reading about it, that Samsung was working on it a while back. Who knows how far along they are? They may be close as well, might just not be their style to be the first to share on social media. It hasn't been in the past, so I'm guessing that that's probably the case. But anyhow, super requested. What do I think? I think it's perfect. I think it's the way it should be. Uh, I'm excited. The full screen thing is here, and there's it doesn't appear to be any drawback at this point. Now, granted, maybe the front-facing camera, the quality might suffer being under the display like that. Who knows? That's possibly an outcome as well. You know me, though. I'm not, I mean, I'm not snapping all these selfies. Not a huge thing to me. So even if the if the quality suffered a little bit, it would still be worthwhile for the full screen, no motor. This is the implementation everyone was waiting for. And, and that's supported by how many people reached out to me, by how much it showed up on my Twitter. People are excited. I think the one of the clips there has half a million views, uh, 550,000 on Twitter. So it's going down, guys. The future is now. It's happening. Oppo, congrats. Xiaomi, congrats. Put it out on social media. Get it out into the world. You don't need a big event. Dude in a suit. Hey, Will? Marching around stage. Bunch of screens behind him. PowerPoint presentation. Telling us how many phones are sold. Do we need all that? Or just like get to the goods and then send the device to Unbox Therapy? That's yeah. a better system. Yeah. This don't gets to be excited. This is a... You're excited. That's great. Willie Do's never excited. So that's a big deal for us. Okay. Uh, next up, uh, on the flip side of the game, that was all motivational, inspirational. Foxconn reportedly pauses Huawei phone production. So this is on the flip side. Uh, more bad news for Huawei. Uh, I got to do the little Huawei update because it seems like there's an update every single day at this point. Well, uh, apparently the Taiwan company, Foxconn, uh, they were responsible, of course, for manufacturing many of Huawei's devices. And it looks like things are slowing down. The order apparently cut from Huawei's end. They're, they're uh, lowering the production amount of certain devices. And according to reports, Huawei has instructed Foxconn to reduce the number of devices it builds, hinting demand for its products is sharply decreasing. It appears... The uncertainty is so high that Taiwanese manufacturer had to entirely stop the production lines for some phones, for some devices. This, again, speculation. Let's keep that in mind. But uh, not good news anyhow. Uh, you have to believe that on some level, these stories are going to have to have an impact. This news is going to have to have an impact. These devices, expensive, represent big investments for people. If there's even that inkling of doubt, I told you, we talked about it before. It's like once you plant that seed, the damage is done. Uh, when you have the backing of something as big as the uh, U.S. government administration, and then you start to see the other carriers piling on and removing their support or uh, uh, signing contracts with different telco providers or uh, EE in the U.K. to remove the devices from sale. And, and, and you know now, that the public has the question front of mind. The question for us was, is the question big enough to change customer behavior? And so news like this, you can understand it. You can understand why that might be the case. Now, again, could it be speculation? Could people be reaching too far? That's quite possible as well. 
The future is unclear for the conglomerate as the conflict between China and the U.S. is escalating and Beijing is threatening to retaliate. So even their own potential retaliation, also bad. You know, it's like there's no way to slice it in which you're going to feel more comfortable as a customer in any Western market picking up these devices for retail prices. You got to be a bit uncomfortable and it's enough money. It's a lot of money. It's, you know, Huawei in the West was always positioned in the premium space with big price tags to match. And so therefore, consumer confidence is paramount. You got to have the confidence going into it. And like I said in previous videos, if you're standing in a store, even if your carrier is still supporting and carrying Huawei and you sit there and you have the Huawei device, you have the Samsung device. Like, are you really that confident that you're like, nah, I want that one. I want the Huawei device, even with all these news stories, all this press, all this uh, potential for, for problems. So for me, this type of outcome, believable and expected. I believe it was also based on some words that came from uh, an honor event. In fact, let me see if I can find that real quick. I believe uh, it was a, an executive from Honor. It was originally reported in the South China Morning Post. And uh, I believe one of the Honor executives actually made a comment about turning down the uh, production on these devices or slowing down or waiting to see what happens. And of course, Honor, a sub-brand of Huawei, but nonetheless, it's going down, it's going on, and uh, and you guys can tell me because I, I just think it's a, a reasonable thing. I think it's a reasonable behavior to not want to spend $1,000 if there's any degree of uncertainty. I think that's reasonable, but you let me know. Do you care or are you just dropping thousands of bucks? You're like, I do not care. I'm buying a Huawei device. But if you're in the other camp, I want to hear from you as well because I really think we can use help to... Uh, get a better glimpse into consumer confidence through comment sections like this where, we, where we're talking about this kind of thing because it's hard to pin it down. It's hard to pin down the results of this type of exposure. And maybe it's already doing, the. maybe it's already having its intended consequence. You know what I mean? Maybe the original agenda of the administration was to create this uncertainty, to create this scenario in which you just plant the seed. And now customers, did they just have to take that extra second when making a decision? And that's enough because of the way the competition exists and how close it is. And now Will's making me look at a picture of Donald Trump. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> right. He's happy. And, hey, exactly what hey, he wanted. Hey, I don't know. I don't know how it all plays out, but uh, he's doing something. I, I mean, he's, uh, yeah, it's crazy. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a wild time in technology. And who would have thought, you know, when I'm a kid, hearing about, knowing about Donald Trump, I've always been a tech fan. Who would have thought he's having this degree of influence over the tech marketplace right now, global trade and, and whatnot. It's, it's, uh, it's kind of bizarre, to be honest. But anyhow. That's what's happening. He's got his fans, that's for sure. Uh, next up, Samsung announces new 13-inch and 15-inch laptops. Now, The Verge, they, uh, they're going kind of hard on them here. Uh, if you read that headline there, Will, read that headline for me. 
so similar that you don't even need not to... the sub headline just the oh. main headline samsung announces new 13 inch and 15 inch macbook pros <laughs> what is that what do they call it on the internet is that savage is that what they do will yeah remind me what the youngsters say it's liddy it's liddy okay that's even that sounds even more youngster and you and you hate happen. yourself for even saying it right yeah now. you hate yourself yeah so. it's terrible Anyhow, they're uh, they're trying to say that these are knockoffs. I, I don't disagree. They look exactly like MacBook Pros, but so does everything else. Like it's it's kind of obvious at this point. We talked in the past about all kinds of laptops taking major inspiration from the MacBook Pro aesthetic. Uh, maybe this is a little more than usual, but uh, apparently, yeah, apparently, The Verge is not the only one to notice the similarity. Uh, a couple of other reports followed similar. Uh, they 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 wrote similar articles about Samsung's new MacBook Pros. They've got a 15-inch and 13-inch model. The 13-inch looking even more like the MacBook Pro because it doesn't have a dedicated number pad. It's got one blue key on it. So how's that for originality? Well, see the blue key on there? Now, they've also got a black version. So if you want to stay away from the MacBook look, you could pick that one there up. But it's it's also got one of these, if you go for the 15-inch model, it's got this offset to the left trackpad. And I know a lot of people hate that. So keep that in mind. It's centered to the keyboard absent of the number pad. And it kind of creates a weird look. But, uh, you know, the laptops themselves, the spec list looks decent. I especially like the fact that the 13-inch model is around 2.8 pounds. I'm into portability, as you know. Starts around a thousand bucks. There's a bigger, uh, more advanced model that you can get the the 15-inch in a Force mode, Samsung Notebook 7 Force for 1,500 bucks, and that's going to give you a GTX 1650 graphics card. So you can you can step up the horsepower. If, uh, if you want to, but that also brings the weight up to just over four pounds. So anyhow, people taking shots at Samsung for the design here, but they're not the first, to be honest. It's It's been going on. We can point to a number of models that take inspiration from the MacBook Pros. And what is that they say? Uh, Will, they say imitation is the some sort of flattery? Finest form, purest form greatest form of flattery anyhow so obviously people like macbook pros the design of them and if that's the case inspiration is gonna bleed all over the place steve you're bringing up the steve jobs quote we've always been shameless about stealing great ideas uh what did he say he said great artists steal good no, artists good artists steal good artists copy great, great artists artist. steal yeah you see that yeah but I think what 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 he's saying there, stealing implies that the copy aspect is not obvious. A stolen idea is kind of secretive, in the sense that like it's it's not it's not transparent. You can't necessarily you can't immediately or you wouldn't the average person wouldn't immediately notice where the theft took place, whereas. In the case of the Notebook 7, well, anyone <laughs> anyone who's ever seen a MacBook Pro, if you scroll up, not this black model, obviously, but that one, well, I mean, that's obviously a copy. So 
Is it unibody aluminum as well? I mean, it sure looks like it. Looks like those edges there. Yeah. It's got the sharp edges. What do you think, Will? Are you upset? Uh, it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, it's inevitable. It's not it's even really fun. interesting at this point. It just seems so inevitable. I went into the to the Microsoft store, the physical store at Yorkdale, and it was like I looked at all the laptops, Windows laptops on display. And it's like, man, many of them take inspiration from them. I don't even use a MacBook Pro, but I can easily admit that that so many modern consumer laptops have taken inspiration from that design. Like it's just obvious at this point. Not even that exciting. All right, last one for me today. Lil Michaela and the virtual influencer hype explained. This is an article on Vox. Maybe you don't know, maybe you do. There's such a thing as virtual influencers. And if you were to ask me, like, Lou, what are what are what's something you hate? I'd be like, influencers. And then you're like, what's something you hate more? I'd be like, virtual influencers. Like, how can you, how can it get any more grim than like, it's already problematic enough. And now we got to deal with this. So the company behind Lil Michaela, maybe I should just slow it down a minute here for those that, that are unaware, the uninitiated. There's a, such a thing as a virtual influencer, a corporate imagine, imaginative, I'm getting fired up. I'm getting upset here. A group, an actual boardroom of human adults cr creating a fabricated a, a CG influencer that then goes on to Instagram, Twitter, wherever else, wears outfits, does influencer posts, sponsored posts. You see what I'm saying here, Will? It's already terrible. We're already getting killed here. Sponsored, this and that, hashtag. It's hard enough with the humans being exploiting themselves. Now we need uh, some kind of a... Uh... The last thing this space needed was more of a corporate mindset. It's the last thing. Anyhow, in her case, it's working. She got 1.6 million followers. And the company responsible for her has recently closed a $125 million investment round. <laughs> Oh, she has video. Yeah, she's CG. She's Calvin Klein now. She's with Bella. She's with ASAP. You know, it's the future. Oh, that's not her, is it? No, that's that's a, a model. Oh, that looks so freaky. And the it's model like, is, I mean, well, I don't really want to explain what they're doing. It's Uncanny Valley. That's this. what it is. It's just so uncomfortable to watch. Okay. Like, what? Not What's only is it, on? it's not just that it's uncomfortable, Will, it's knowing on some deeper level that she is a manufactured, she's a conglomerate of some sort of corporate message, whatever it is. She doesn't have a point of view. Like, she responds to these articles in emails. Like, what is this? A team sitting in a boardroom deciding who, what this response would be. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's so creepy to read, I don't want, a room full of dudes deciding what a CG, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's don't talk, don't. Will, help me here. No, I hear you, man. Like, there's one in Japan I, I recently found out. Her name is Hatsune Miku. 
and she's huge and she's corporate as well like she has dolls it's like a whole merchandise and so thing. here's the thing okay if she you has concerts if you yeah you show me this i seen this it's insane yeah look I, look somebody's got to be mad at me right now somebody's like what about video games what about fantasy what about i'm you know there's somebody out there i i hear you okay I guess it's all connected in some sort of way. But I already feel like these algorithms are pushing us to exploit ourselves more, to make it harder for us to pick and choose our parameters that work for us, that are healthy for the human psyche. And now you throw this into there, this artificial influencer who presumably will influence. These things have millions of views. But now you get to fully embrace the algorithmic side, the sweet algorithmic lovemaking. You can make her do whatever you want while pretending that she has point of view, personal agency, utilizing the idea of an individual, subverting her, the, 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 the human component. It's unhealthy. I mean, maybe everybody watching it is so smart that they're in on the joke. But based on the $125 million investment round that the company recently closed, there's money on it. There's money at stake. Yeah. Big money. And once the fashion brand, she's in a Calvin Klein commercial. She's at Coachella. She's at Coachella. When the money starts getting exchanged, guess what? Nobody cares about you, man. Once the checks are cashed, they don't care. She's going to tell you what they want her to tell you. She's going to be what they want her to be. And you're sitting there clapping your hands. Isn't it so cool? We're in the future. Well, we're in the future. <laughs> Scary. Yeah, it's not good enough. This is the last thing that you want. I'm not saying it should be outlawed. I just hope people get keep their heads on and realize, I want you to look at her and look at the boardroom. Look at her and see the dudes sitting at the boardroom table. Don't see, don't see it for anything else. Cut through the noise. See it for the intent. Everybody wants something from you. It already was that way on social media. Now, this is just some new incarnation. This is full algorithmic lovemaking. That's what this is. They can make her do anything. You know? Whatever's hot. Whatever's trendy. Whatever it is. And they love it. They actually have three. They have three. I know. The other ones aren't doing as well as her. It's in this article. They got a, a dude, like a guy. Blocko, Bermuda. Yeah. Yeah. He wears pollution masks, of course. So, he wears pollution masks. I'm just saying, Will... Like, I know people are going to... I know they're, I know you're upset with me right now. Somebody is upset with me right now. And maybe I'm not fully articulating where I'm trying to go here. It's a hard topic. I'm just saying that this is already a confusing medium. Uh, Instagram specifically. so Such a confusing medium in which an individual is meant to interpret what appear to be real-life circumstances. What... what what appear to be real human beings' lives and existences. And then, and then that is, they're kind of like digesting that 
and applying it to their own lives in some way, which is the whole appeal of the platform. Like you are taking cues from what's acceptable, what you should wear, how you should act, where you should be, where you should travel to. You're taking cues from these individuals. And these individuals on the influencer side are constantly under attack from the various forces that could commercialize and turn them into, I know this from experience, for the record. There are all, all these exterior forces that want to commodify, commercialize, make the thing work for some other cause. And then the end user, again, I can cross my fingers and hope that, the, that the, the end user is sophisticated enough to see through the noise and read it for what it is, but I don't feel like that happens all the time, particularly with young people. It's hard, man. You're supposed to navigate all that. You're supposed to see her and see the boardroom. That's hard. It's hard for anyone let alone a young person, you know? So the fashion companies, they're throwing money. They got the 125 million. They're gonna create more characters. It's, it's gonna be harder to figure out. Everyone thinks it's cool and fun and funny and no one wants to, uh, you know, answer the hard questions. Let's just keep it going. We'll figure it out later. You know, if it was already, imagine this, Will. It's already hard enough to meet the criteria for like the perfect existence, for how perfect you're supposed to be with the Photoshop, trim this, clone stamp that. Now you gotta compete, now your, your feed is even more perfect. Cause I mean, uh, what's, uh, go back to Michaela, what's her problem? Huh? Where's her imperfection, Will? Oh, you can't find it. Oh, weird, yeah, they're so weird. Yeah, her teeth are so weird. They're so weird that they're cute. I love that she owns it, Kirk. I love she just owns it. Yeah, manufactured, dude. Manufactured. I know I'm getting fired up. It's starting a trend. It's a weird zone. I get it. It's a fun experiment. I get that. And I do get at some level, too, that it's on the individual, the comprehension, Internet, social media, reading comprehension, it's on the individual. So I'm just going to play my part and say, get your comprehension on. That's it. It's still on you. I'm not telling you how to act, behave. I'm not even saying that they shouldn't do this. But I am saying it does get confusing. And let's be honest about that. It's about to, it's about to pop off. You know, Will, eventually every single model of every single outfit, why are you paying? We talked about this on a previous episode. Why are you paying an actual human? Right? Every look is going to be sold to us on the back of some impossible scenario. Look how she got the look at how she got the mug because she's relatable. Number one dad on the mug because she's relatable. Because you just she, you just want to hang out with her. Impossible expectations, reality. It's not matching up for people. Why do you think people are upset? Expectations, reality, not matching up. What are you doing? Well, you want to defend this? No, this is scary stuff. You don't want to defend it. The fact that she looks almost like a human, but doesn't look like one. The uncanny valley is what really gets me. Yeah. It's just so weird. Yeah. I apologize, everyone. I'm just <laughs> going to apologize right now. You know, I shouldn't have got so flustered there. You know, but the thing is, certain things I see them and, you know, I can't help it.
Gets me fired up. She's doing interviews. She's an influencer. She's got a record. New single, Hate Me, on Spotify. Uh, you know, she's already banking influencer deals. I got this guy, Liam Nikuru. You know, he's modeling. Look at this guy. CG model over here. And uh, fell asleep reading, LOL. Anyone else get sleepy when it's warm out? Summer is finally here. You know, how dreamy is this guy? You see? Kirk, you, you want to compete with this guy, Kirk? Huh? Yeah, well, you, you, yeah, well, you trust me, you don't want to compete with him. Okay? Yeah, this is where it leads, right? You start by manipulating the human first. And then why even bother with the human? Like, the human is nasty. Why even bother with that? Keep scrolling, Will. You'll see the guy. Why even bother Kirk with a singular individual point of view? Because like I'm trying to explain to people, having been in the influencer marketplace myself, I don't even know. Is this guy a real human or CG? <coughs> having been in the influencer marketplace, it's so hard to protect your point of view. It's so hard to protect any kind of personal agency. You can't tell... It becomes hard to navigate. So they're like, why even bother navigating trying to get these people to say or do what we want them to say or do? We'll just, we'll just manufacture the whole thing. Manufacture the whole thing top to bottom. Manufacture this reality top to bottom. Is it going to make people feel better? <coughs> Are people going to be happy? I don't know. Are people going to be satisfied? Is that what happens? Does my, what happens if my feed is full of Liam Nikuru like every day? What am I am I am I doing well in life? Like I don't know. You know? Right now everyone's like this guy, what is he? He's an angry old man. That's what that's what you're gonna try to say about me right now. But I, I just, I'm just saying, you know, I've been in the space. It comes from a place of personal experience where I realize that it's hard to set your own standards, to stick to them. One of the few things that holds you in check is your own sense of accountability. That like you can't just say anything put anything out there because people are going to hold you accountable for it. Well, this dude doesn't have that. He is the corporate masterpiece. This is the corporate masterpiece. This is the eventual ultimate corporate masterpiece. The virtual influencer. If you thought influencers were bad, this is the next phase. Now, granted, I don't think they're actually going to be that successful because I think, I mean, they, they already are to a degree. I think they're going to be modeling clothes for sure. I think they're going to be selling things like that. But like, I think, I, I think we're safe here. Like, I think the virtual version of me, good luck, bud. Come on, bring it on. Let's go. Flesh and blood, Willie do. Bring it on. He'll be here next week. Mm. 10 times better, hotter, cuter. He'll be like, he'll just be sitting in, he'll be sitting in this chair and he's going to say, he's going to be sitting in his chair like this. Very cute, like this. And he's going to be like, fell asleep while reading, LOL. Number one dad mug. Dad. Number one dad mug. Sorry, I apologize. I apologize. I know I got too fired up on that. I apologize for putting you through that. It's hard. It's hard, guys. I think about this stuff, you know? I think about this stuff all the time because it's like, it's a tough world to navigate right now, you know? It's complicated, it's confusing, it's a tough world to navigate. And you go to all these different things uh, playing on you, coming after you. They're coming for you. 
just like I just want I just you know be as aware as possible be out there be in the game be engaged assume that's the case assume they want something from you look for the boardroom in everything you know don't take it at first appearance don't don't take it at first glance look for the boardroom it's always there it's somewhere beneath it hunt for it see what they want from you are you being manipulated that's your only defense strategy see what they're doing to you because everybody's doing something suggested algorithms they're trying to play you it only works if you let it anyway will that's where i'm gonna end it i don't know. do we have any questions let's take a couple questions sure ah uh, the place you never visited hey will hey lou which place do you want to visit and things you want to check off your bucket list i never been to japan actually i would like to visit japan uh course gr grew up uh sort of uh looking at japan from a distance being into tech and gadgets kind of one of the important origin spaces for that sony trinitron got the walkman nintendo there's like a whole connectivity there from a nostalgic perspective and then just looking from a distance at the the sort of technological metropolis akihabara district never went uh it's also amazing how there's like almost no crime there like people just coexist somehow even in tight quarters i'm sure plenty of slimy elements it's everywhere you go uh of course will you did a japan trip mm -hmm. and you loved it right yeah it was amazing and the food oh amazing and the Great. food's amazing. And there's actually a lot of geography in Japan. If you travel around the country, small country, but you can go through some very different environments. Yeah. If a lot of them are traditional. Uh, some are like super modern, you know, so you get like a mix of both in like prefectures that are like right beside each other. You know? Right. So it's great. But also you can kind of like there is some wilderness and stuff as well, right? Like yeah, you can yeah, yeah. like there's Mount mountains. Fuji. Mount Fuji. Mount Fuji is there. Yeah. Uh, did you get to have any high-end sushi, something like this? Um, yeah, but I really love their, like, just everyday food, Everyday. You know, it's great. Yeah, so I would probably pick Japan. Is there a place, Will, that you would like to visit you never visited? Antarctica. Whoa, yeah. Kirk's been there. Why are we naming places that other people have been <laughs> around the I table? Know, it's just, I, I think uh, one of those expeditions on a ship would be amazing. Wow, you're going full wilderness. You're going to yeah. freeze it out. Yeah. That's cool. All right, what do you got next? <laughs> foldable screen tech. Hey, Lou and everyone, do you think foldable screen tech will have a place on our clothing? For instance, you could have a screen on a shirt or jacket sleeve and see your vitals. Yeah, you know what? That's the one area where I was thinking that technology could enter into clothing beyond sort of just changing the materials in which they're made out of is the 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 vitals tracking tracking of vitals kind of like what a smartwatch does but an even in an even more seamless scenario the weird part there is like this is where my head goes it always, I always try to view it in a practical sense like how do you wash it how durable is it do you want to own any one shirt that costs X number of dollars because it's got all this tech baked into it? So there are some practical issues with that. You would need the tech to come down 
so far in price to become so popular that it could just be embedded in almost all of your clothing. Imagine vital tracking in your in your underwear, Will. That's some like next level, you know, up close to the body. Uh, I've been wearing underwear with the modal material. Oh, and, okay. and I'm just saying, like, that's a kind of tech. Yeah. Material tech. It's old school, but it's, you know, when you compare it to other materials, you're like, well, I get it. So now you want to track my vitals as well. Give me a little blood pressure. Give me a little uh, pulse. You know, it can't hurt. Shows up on my phone. I don't need to wear one of these. Ugh. It's kind of cool. I don't know. I don't know, guys. Do I need another screen, though? Do I need more screens in my life? I got screens all over the place. Unless it's going to replace some other screen completely, then possibly. But that seems hard to believe at this point. He says, I can answer text, see notifications like a smartwatch, but on a bigger screen, like in the sleeve. You know? The problem with clothes, clothing, though, you change it throughout the day. It gets a little warm. You take the long sleeve off, maybe. Uh, you, you, it gets cold outside. The jacket covers it. So it's like this convertible space that's meant that it has to flip along with you, which is probably why the watch exists. So we'll see. I don't know. I don't know if the killer app is there yet. We saw the Louis Vuitton stuff with the fancy bag with the flexible display. It's not enough yet. I'm not ready yet. I don't buy it yet. One day. One more question. Can we hear more about your phone repair part of your life? Like, what's the best, most surprised thing you ever brought back to life tech-wise? So, uh, for those of you that don't know, prior to this YouTube channel kicking off, uh, I had a business in the city, downtown Toronto, and the, the name of it was iUpgrade. Uh, the concept was mostly centered around upgrades like, in other words, it was difficult at the time to get compatible upgrades for various Apple products specifically. Where, where, whereas you could just go buy any RAM chip to upgrade, or at least you had a wide variety of RAM chips to upgrade a Windows laptop. On the Mac side, specifically with PowerPC, which was before Intel, before the MacBook Pro, I'm talking PowerBooks, you needed a very specific type of RAM chip from only a handful of suppliers that was going to work seamlessly and be supported by your PowerBook. So I was like, okay, we have this little business, call it iUpgrade, and people coming in with like slow PowerBooks. Again, this was many years ago. We could, we could kind of improve them a little bit. And that was actually easier than the repair business. But of course, things were increasingly getting mobile even back then with the iPods and things like this. And so a lot of what ended up happening, we have people come in and request repairs one of the most common one, ones was just to put a new battery into an iPod. And and a very... Oh, is that like a good review of our place back in the day? Are you surprised? Wow. No, no, no. I just... I, I feel like I've never seen this or read it before. And there, I, I was... Uh, I fixed a logic board for somebody. Uh, I bought a logic board on eBay for 100 Oh, he's talking about another... I don't know what he's saying here. This is a really long review, but he's saying we fixed his logic board and it worked for uh, about a year after that. I think we probably told him that at the time. Customer service plus, I have an iBook uh, G4 I purchased at Click on Mac. The owner said it will last you a long time. A few months later, it was broken and they charged me 35 to fix it. Uh, and then the problem came back. Then they told me another 35 and they wanted 800. 
so this was the place that he originally brought it, bought it from before coming to see us. Then he went and bought another logic board on a hundred bucks to fix it himself with the help of iFixit. It worked great for over a year, but recently I was having power problems, so I took took it to Mac on Queen. Holy smokes, this guy just went everywhere. When did we actually help him? So he took it to Mac on Queen. The salesperson asked the technician, he said a thousand bucks to fix it. Okay. He did reading on the internet, discovered us, I upgrade at the time in 2009. I asked him if they had a used AC outboard plug. They did and installed it presto, no problems for $32. How about that? Well, okay, that's us finally. Holy smokes. Yeah, we, we, uh, we helped out some people back in the day. It was kind of cool. Well, I really don't think this channel happens without that business taking off. Uh, not taking off. I mean, we never made any money. But without that business having started up, which allowed me to have conversations with customers in store and realize that there was the, the degree to which there was enthusiasm around tech. Because then I could justify making content about it because I was like, wow, maybe this is worthwhile. Especially with the tutorial stuff and fixing and upgrades and stuff, which was some of the first content I published on other channels before Unbox Therapy even kicked off. So anyhow, uh, there's an example of a cool story, which I didn't even have to come up with because this guy wrote a review back in 2009 on Yelp. Uh, it was a wild experience. I mean, it's, it's tough. You're dealing with people who have come to you with problems. Almost exclusively is what would happen. Either their computer was slow and they wanted to upgrade it or they had a problem, something was broken, some other store quoted them a bunch of money or the Apple store themselves said you have to buy a new one. There's a lot of people with problems. And so sometimes you could help, sometimes you couldn't, there was not, you couldn't offer a solution that made any sense and you just have to say, okay, you got to buy a new one or whatever. But uh, I think it was a good experience, a good experience in like dealing with customers. I think to this day, it helps you to envision the end user as like a regular person. Just like when I make these videos, I try to imagine who's watching it as like a regular person. And I think that's where what where the whole mandate for the channel for myself comes down to as far as trying to be useful. Is it started in an actual physical way through a store like that, trying to be useful, trying to be helpful. And it remains kind of focused here. Of course, along the way, it fluctuates, it goes up and down. You may, may forget the mandate. It's hard at times. But like, I think when this channel or the channel upstairs on Box Therapy, I think when it's working its best is when we're trying to be useful, when we're trying to insert some utility, we're trying to be helpful. I mean, we're going to have some laughs along the way, but I really think that's the goal. At least that's what we're aiming at. So anyhow, there you have it. We've been up, we've been down. What a time to be alive, Willie Do. You know, people get upset when I don't say that. They're like, where, did, where was yeah. the, I didn't hear you say. So it's true. What a time to be alive. It's all happening. We got CG virtual influencers. We got to navigate that now. We go from a friendly little repair shop to Lil Michaela. You see how that goes? We go from one logic board to managing this, whatever that is. Did I overreact? Probably. But I'm just looking out for people, you know? Just trying to be useful. I said it already. Keep your headlights on, you know? It's dark out there. High beams if you have to. Zero in. Laser beam focus. See the boardroom. It's out there. Cut it.